0: Change. The word is everywhere. And do we choose it or does it choose us? Does it just happen to us?
1: Hello, everyone. This is BB Peters with Dr. Andrea Gould of Boom Talk Media with our two fascinating guests who have each recently made a huge shift in their lives.
0: And we chose this relocation theme because it holds so many of the emotional elements that characterize change. They're the choices that we make gradually, as well as the pressures that insist that we change more immediately.
1: And in this episode, we explore the process of relocation. Physical and emotional by two professional women from different parts of the country who have each chosen the Southwest as their new home.
0: Welcome to our fireside chat where we reveal what's going on in choosing, coping, and getting comfortable with a whole new life.
1: Well, welcome, Kelly and Miriam. It's so nice to have you here. And Kelly, you've been here a tad longer, so we're going to begin with you. Tell us your backstory about yourself and how your journey to arrive at Tucson began.
2: Uh, well, my, I started thinking about a move a couple of years ago, and it was instinctual. It was an instinctual moment where I knew that I needed change. It I needed change emotionally, physically, mentally. I had been living in Los Angeles for over 30 years. And my son was adulting and off at college, soon to graduate in a few years. And I was also pulling away from an industry that I had worked in for 30 years. So change was calling.
0: You answered so it really the wasn't call. a choice.
2: It really <laughs> wasn't a choice. It was knocking on my door. And that started the thought process and took me a couple of years to sort of have it all come together. Um, and my move wasn't directly from Los Angeles to Tucson. There are some little pit stops in between, um, but that's a story in itself. We can we can circle back on that um, or I can share it now but um, yeah essentially instinctually I knew it was time for change
0: and I'd, I'd be interested coming. in the in in the pit stops because change isn't always you know a direct A to B B to C so I think our listeners would probably enjoy hearing what you know what the process looked like along the way I think I think first and foremost
2: it was, being allowed, allowing myself to welcome the unknown and be comfortable with that. And that was part of the first challenge. You know, where was I going to end up and move? How was I going to find a new job? How was I going to start over? Because I was going to leave an industry the entertainment industry. It had fulfilled me for a very long time, but I knew that I was ready. I was ready to embark on different chapters and interests. So, First and foremost was welcoming the unknown and beginning to get comfortable in that. Um, I had to stop the habit that I had of putting things into place, which was having the perfect blueprint, you know, having the perfect plan. I'd always been a very sort of thought out person because I had to be, I was a single parent. I had to keep that machine going. You know, hiccups weren't really allowed, so to speak in my world because that would just kind of cause the apple cart to tip over. So I had to let go of having a perfect plan and a blueprint to let this process unfold. So that was part of the first things of embracing, um, you know, get rid of the perfection traps that I had kind of set for myself, which was a part of my personality. It still is. I'm getting better at it. But definitely, you know, the perfection traps can 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 cripple you and paralyze you into doing nothing about anything. So I had to I had to work on those few things first before actually, um, you know, getting into actually listing my house or getting input from friends.
0: You
1: moved here solo right? So therefore you didn't have like a partner or a spouse that would then maybe guide you and not push you, but support you in that process. That discovery of the unknown and the comfort of it had to be all yours.
2: Yes, absolutely. And sort of the details and the planning and sort of having the ultimate faith and belief that it's all going to work out, right? And you're doing that it's all gonna work out on your own. Cause I wasn't bringing my son with me. He was staying in the Bay area where he was in school. I had two cats and a dog. I did have the support of my sister who was hugely helpful in this process. So um, I quit my job or my job was sort of phasing out. Um, I went on unemployment, called the realtor and started getting the house prepped to sell. And in that process, my sister, I. One of my meditation teachers was taking a small group of people to India. And in that process, my sister, I told my sister about it. And she said, hey, let's go to India. And I said, hey, how am I going to pay for that? I'm getting my house ready to be put on the market. Going to India doesn't actually scream like the thing I should be doing right now. But she said, hey, you know, I said, how am I going to pay for that? She said, you don't need a job. You need a life. And that absolutely struck a chord with me. And I said, I have a credit card that's got enough money on it, let's do it. So literally, we went off to India, I signed the DocuSign documents by the side of the Ganges River for the final papers oh. Oh, on my the house, and came back and had to pack up my house in eight days and hit the road. And I was hitting the road for Pennsylvania, where a college buddy had offered her farmhouse because I had two cats, a dog. And of course, she had a ton of animals. And I allowed myself to make this move and all these heavy decisions in steps. So that's the first place I land, landed for a year and a half before coming to Tucson.
0: Wow. Wow. But so that's and the that's, backstory. And the backstory is so interesting because it gives you the allowance to really negotiate that transition in a way that was exciting enlivening, but also really must've filled your confidence because now you have some kind of track record. We're going to come back to both of you. Miriam, are you ready? You're, you're on next. That story. <laughs> I'm
3: ready. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell your story. Well, my story, as opposed to the story we just heard, is a, a, a lot faster and more condensed because we've only been here in Tucson for four months so far. Um, since we're recording in September, our movers arrived here in May. Um, And I say ours, so I moved here with my husband, so that's a point of difference. Um, But it's interesting how when you say it takes a couple of years to make a decision, we've been sort of thinking about where would we go, and I, I say we, but I was the driver, for a sunnier, warmer, lighter climate. So coming from Portland, Oregon, which has As everybody knows it's lush it's green it's damp it's dewy it's beautiful and it's gloomy and that's just a fact of life for many, many, many months out of the year. Um, If there are many, many, many months in a year, most of those are gray and have been and i've been there for the last 18 years. Um, So that conversation was the kind of maybe someday what if where and when. And in the meantime, I've had two cousins, you know, our age move here. We're a West Coast family, um, you know, Bay Area and so forth. But for us, it was always in the future somewhere until the pandemic hit. And like for many, many people and us included in many categories, the pandemic was like an accelerant. And you've heard that before. I didn't make that up. And it really condensed the decision. I mean, things were happening on so many levels in all of our lives. Um, I have my own business. My husband got laid off. We were all just confined for so long and we made some decisions that, or we lived a life that by the time the new year came in January, we just said, um, like when and really to my surprise. And I really do look at it serendipitously. My husband said, I think I'm ready. (laughs) <laughs> which he probably <laughs> didn't know what he was in for because I called the realtor and we had that house getting ready by March. It was listed two weeks later. We had a full price offer. We flew down here. We looked, um, I mean, again, another, another podcast in just the real estate, uh, story. Yes. But five days of solid looking and losing two homes and then flying back to Portland and not having it. Um, we then finished that story in portland i was up all night and looking for property and made found a property texted our realtor and by the next morning she saw the text and i said let's look at this house let's get it and i had my cousin look and and our realtor came with facetime and anyway ps we made an offer on this house and two days later it was ours sight unseen but with a lot of you know meditation and also some real eyes on the land and thanks to technology you know a facetime tour so then you know you go back and you pack and you plan for your movers so it's been a whirlwind of a year and i would say that the the year or two or three before that were really in my mind and my focus was how much longer can i live there and where will it go? I just kept thinking of light, sun, um, what's good and healthy for me, what would be good and healthy for us. And I really do believe in that serendipity where it brings you where you need to go. And here we are. And it's st- still unfolding. <laughs> yes. You know, you
1: two, if I just may add, are the most beautiful guests, truly you are, because of how you speak about your inward thinking your inward feeling you are so open in sharing not only the physical nature of the change but all of the processes i just love that thank you for being our guests really
0: <laughs> it's such a it's such a rich experience because you've got you know you've got the being ready before you're ready what that feels like what the call feels like why the call even arises in the first place. And lots of times people don't necessarily experience the call as a call. It's just a discomfort, or it's anxiety, or it's a constant inner question that you don't even want to begin to answer because it's so complicated. So and did
1: you notice the little snippets that were so common to both of them? Andrea, uh, as far as uh, that, they weren't always planning on making that move, right, ladies? You weren't always thinking about that. For you, Kelly, it took some time, and for Miriam, she made it happen very quickly, but the conclusion or the step to take that move didn't just appear overnight.
0: Well, it takes that internal shift, right, of faith, both of you, really, talked about that faith. And also both of you women just taking the bull by the horns. <laughs> it's, it's such a wonderful quality. And like you said, Miriam, you know, he didn't know what he was getting himself in for because once you got that in your head, you weren't stopping. And And Kelly, you having this angel sister that really was there to catch you and say, it's about life and living it's not just about job right and 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 taking that risk like Miriam took that risk and said okay we're going to take this site unseen and your risk Kelly you know of saying okay I'm just going to put it on the card and worry about it later not obviously without prior experience that you know that you can support (laughs) your choices but it, that that in itself is just so important because people, uh, you know, can be t- talking and thinking about this for years and be kind of low on risk-taking and definitely low on faith.
1: And also we had, you know, some challenges, right? Uh, COVID and then the real estate market, as Miriam, you mentioned. Uh, Kelly, there was something about your purchase of a home that rang true as far as what... Uh, Miriam had experience. Can you share that a little bit? Sure, I mean, I
2: my my sister did come out when I did arrive in Tucson, which was in March of 2020. Um, And we were traveling cross country during the height of pandemic sort of blowing up and all of us sort of questioning, you know, should I do this, should we not do this? Is this socially responsible? You know, all these questions, you know, we're peppering that. So we had, we did move, we came, she was with me, we had rented an apartment for six months and she was sort of doing it like, okay, I'm going to try this for six months. I'm going to try Tucson for six months. And if it doesn't work out for her, she was going to ski daddle back to the East coast. I've been coming to Tucson on and off uh, for over 12 years at the holiday time. We have friends here. So I was familiar with Tucson okay, so the lease is coming up and my sister's sort of hemming and hawing and then she decides she's going back East. And I'm like, okay now, and I had been, I had found a realtor, this fabulous realtor on Instagram. And so we had started corresponding when I was still in Pennsylvania. And, you know, we looked at a couple of places. I put an offer on one townhouse and I walked into that townhouse on inspection day and The house told me no. I said, this is not the place. I called her up. I said, I have to get out of this. They had accepted my offer. And she's like, really? I said, really? And I said, Ann, I just found this place online. It just went on like three hours ago. Can we go look at it tomorrow? Which would have been a Saturday. Yeah. So boom, we rolled in here. There were already offers on the house. And... I got lucky, I I wrote a really nice letter to the owners from the heart and they picked me.
0: So lucky, lucky. Wow. Or not so lucky. It was all meant to be. All meant to be. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but again, it's that, you know, it's that faith in oneself, right? So both, you know, Miriam and Kelly, right? The faith that you were doing the right thing, it wasn't a lot of super second guessing that once you kind of set your sights, you know, like the ball started rolling, it already had momentum.
2: It was chaotic. It was not without a lot of stress and, you know, having questions and wondering if it was gonna work out. You know, I didn't know if this, if I was gonna get the house that I wanted. And I, at that point, you know, it was, I was gonna be basically in an Airbnb with a cat and a dog and trying to figure this out and, you know, house hunting, you know, from a from a motel, basically, but it did work out. But it was stressful. There's there's this was not like some magic carpet ride to conclusion. (laughs) It was fraught with some serious
1: anxiety and heart palpitations at certain points. Oh, gosh. And that's what we heard Miriam say as well. But Miriam, tell us about your settling in then how how has the last did you say four months that you're here you're such a new newbie but and by the way welcome to tucson to <laughs> both of you ladies thank really. you really welcome I
3: mean, it's miraculous um just this small tribe right here that we yes. found each other that's yes. that to me but you know it's literally been four months and some people have looked at us and said shook their heads and are like oh my god you're here at the worst time meaning the beginning of the heat and yes. into the yes. height of the heat, so yes. arriving on May uh, in May and then immediately jumping into triple-digit temperatures, um, while climate change is happening, and it's ironic that Portland hit those same triple digits just for the first time in the history of you know humanity. <laughs> um, for us, you know, our bodies just weren't acclimated. So, it's getting into your home, it's putting your things away. It's stepping outside and a friend of mine from New York was joking. He's like, you know, you don't live in an oven, you live in a kiln. And it's really like that feeling of the heat is just moving in, in waves across your body. So there was that. Mm-hmm. Um, there were the things that are on everybody's to-do list, whoever has moved. But when you move states, it's doubled or tripled you know, because of the infrastructure that you have to do in the laws and all of the things with voting and your driver's license and all of that. And then there's the Tucson things, which are like, tint your windows. Like (laughs) Who's ever tinted the windows of their car? I hadn't. Um, Certain things that fall into very specific categories. So that's another layer. So there, it was a long, every day was just a long list. And you know, you try to eat right. I we were joking, my husband and I was like, we forgot how to eat. We just mm. didn't know what to eat. We were hot, we didn't want to turn the oven on. So there's all that. And it's funny, but then you can't sleep. It's just a real big transition. It's a it's on every level, I think, of your human body, it's a transition. And we're we're over the hump. You know, I think we've already acclimated human body is incredible, but not totally, obviously. Um, We're getting our our sea legs or land legs, rather. And, you know, we'll see how we go check in with us in five months.
0: Miriam, just could you tell the story about the temperature, how different the temperature was, what you said to me once that the temperature that you associated with the number was not how your body responded.
3: Right. So that's a real thing. And I have to credit my husband with this because 82 in Portland is 82 in the air around you. And the sun is really far away, but 82 here is in the shade. It's fine. But if you step out of the shade, it's like, you've got a Klieg light on you. That's about six inches away. The sun is hot (laughs) it's like every scientist is just gonna say duh it is really hot and so the spf goes on the hat goes on the white shirt goes on and it's a different way of living
0: and you don't go anywhere without your water
3: well i learned that to the point of almost fainting which i shared with you so I'm oh i fainted oh
1: no i've been here for 11 years and about two months ago Dehydration said it. I fainted in the kitchen. Fainted. The you first did. time in my life.
3: Well, so it's a real thing. It's and a real I, thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. Everybody raise your glass. Yes. And take
0: a swig. Yeah. Yes, yes.
1: Cheers. <laughs>
0: Cheers. What was anybody's concern about, you know, Kelly, you mentioned it about traveling during COVID. What about making the move relative to COVID or let's put it this way, I think settling in during COVID and what you can do and what you can't do and where you can go and, you know, meeting people, just even meeting people, you meet them masked. You don't even know what your neighbors look like. What was it like for each of you?
2: Well, it was, it was, uh, it was incredibly intense. And when my sister and I had made these arrangements and had, you know, leased an apartment and so forth, and then New York locked down and, you know, we started having serious conversations, you know, is this the right thing to do? Are we being responsible? Should we try to get out of the lease? And nobody was getting anybody out of any leases at that point. So we were, we were locked in financially. So we've, we, we sort of, We made homemade hand sanitizer because you couldn't get it. We had to make homemade bleach wipes and we hit the road and she was in her vehicle. She had a U-Haul and she was pulling a car and I was in my car with the animals and off we went and we couldn't wait to get here because we knew that following right behind us heading west was a firestorm. And so it was very interesting to be crossing country while people were sort of kind of getting it we're like it's coming it's behind us literally so when we when we got here you know but we were sort of giddy and excited at the same time because we had to be otherwise you'd be crushed you know emotionally and mentally what was happening in reality in the country at the time it's March 2020 and so you know we just kept finding a lot of things to laugh about and that's what got us through but when we got here It was brutal because there was no rain, you couldn't go anywhere. It was triple digits for most of the summer. Um, And we were just kind of caught in the apartment. I mean, we went out to the grocery store, that was like our big outing and we came sort of masked up and we were a little bit like zombies to some people because that hadn't really caught up here quite intensely yet. I mean, it did, but yeah, it was, it was very difficult. It was, there were days where we were just like, oh my gosh, we can't leave the apartment. It's too hot and there's nowhere to go. And you know, you couldn't go eat anywhere. You know, like I love restaurants and exploring and we couldn't really do any exploring
0: because it was too hot and there was nowhere to go. And how about there were fires? Oh, and the Bighorn fire. Hello. Right, in our very own, I mean, I had been here 10 years and I had never had the experience of being in a forest fire here.
2: Well, it coming from is. California, that state is on fire 365 <laughs> days of the year. So I was very used to fire situations. Um, it's, yeah, it, that, that was a another sort of element, an ingredient in the chaos.
0: About breathing, you know, yeah. I mean, on top of everything else, it was what a time to land. <clears throat> to land in this. And Miriam, you were leaving Oregon when mm-hmm. it was doing the historic triple digit thing, but also the
3: fires there. Well, the, pre, the whole previous year, and as you all know, Portland was like the poster child for headlines yes. of 2020, yes. whether riots or and any of the political issues, just name it. And and fires too, but in Portland especially, which was a bit unheard of that we it got that close. So we had... Nine days of what looked like the zombie apocalypse ourselves with that orange, soupy, yellow sky. Very scary, stay inside. Um, That was in September. But, you know, I think all of us, I mean, it was just such a bizarre year. I think it shook us all up to make those decisions. And whether, I would have never said to you, I moved to Tucson because there was a fire near the city center of Portland. But I think everything in that cup made it like you know what it's time to go where we resonate somewhere better or something to that nature you know where you just resonate um but i
1: applaud you i applaud you for making the move Mm. when you did because this has been the wettest and the hottest summer that anyone in history can recall (laughs) So when you survive this, as you have already, uh, this is going to be so much easier from now on.
3: So much easier. Yeah, But also, it's so beautiful here when it rains. Yes. (laughs) Excuse me. Yes. So we're lucky that we're seeing this. Um, But I mean, as far as COVID goes, we were a a year later. So we'd already been vaccinated. The whole country's already lived with it for over a year. And so I think people were a bit more in their groove and we just took the precautions that we had grown into, you know, spraying and sanitizing masking and all that. But we caravanned in two cars back, you know, my husband and I, and we drove for three days. So we did that. We did that route. You know, we have a poem by David white that we love and it's a
0: very long poem and we won't go into it now, but there was a phrase that he used, um about when you're leaving what you're sorting sorting this and leaving that sorting this and leaving that how was that for each of you was that a um any kind of noteworthy process in terms of your feelings about yourself or what you needed for yourself or what's necessary and what's optional
2: I mean, I think for me, if if I'm understanding, you know, where you're going with this, and um, it was, it was so therapeutic to shed layers in so many different ways, I was I was shedding certain belief systems about myself, um, about why I needed to stay where I was, or why I needed to go where it was, and even just the physical process of you know, most of my furniture I gave to Habitat for Humanity, I just went through everything and just started letting go, you know, and it was Goodwill, it was Habitat, it was the yard sale. And what I decided to keep went into a little storage unit, you know, in Los Angeles until I knew at some point I was going to make a bigger, larger, more permanent thing. So there were so many shifts emotionally. Um, that were just revelatory in things that I knew that I wanted to do for myself. And that just sort of helped kind of nurture that along, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the letting go process mm-hmm. does that. And Miriam, was there something you wanted to say about that?
3: Well, I do, because it. I think it's funny when we each made the decision to move, at least where we started the story in the podcast, the previous November or fall, I... Got one of those internal kind of nudges and I wouldn't have been able to say to you oh i'm moving in January or next spring, all I knew was I had to start purging my office. And I followed that I just got one of those bees in your bonnet you know when you have to sort of clean let go literally deep dive I don't mean just papers and it was such a big deep dive that it was like I realized in that moment after those few weeks that. I actually made a change in how i work and i was kind of ready for something else to happen all i could have said to you was i know that a chapter was closing or mm-hmm. something was transitioning but i didn't know what it looked like yet so that's interesting and we let go like you with a to a lot of furniture a lot of furniture <laughs>
2: Yeah, so
3: much so that we still don't have a dining room table <laughs> And, and wondering about the stage of life
0: as well, like does anybody think that you know there's there's certain stages of life where that kind of call or that impetus to to shift to begin transforming like whether you like it or not, you know the things want to be let go. you think that there's stage of life any stage of life issues there
1: well, and also uh to top that off relative to being ready. Do you think that you were more ready given this stage, this age, this maturity level of your life? Did it take you a certain period of years of time to gain the confidence, the risk-taking, the wisdom, the fearlessness? Uh, Miriam, perhaps you can talk to that a little bit.
3: I do. I think the answer is yes, but I don't think you, you get it. And then you say, I'm full of confidence. Now I'm going to take a risk. I think you have confidence because of everything you've done. And then the universe is like, okay, now are you ready? And you do this thing. And then in hindsight, you can say, wow, I must've had a lot of readiness or confidence or life experience to get me through that. Um, now, if any of us were an astrologer on this website, I mean, on this podcast, I would say, and I'm not that it's your second Saturn return because that kind of right. Every 29 years or so, something sweeps through your life and you make a huge change supposedly that seems to be true in my case. So I'm not saying it's because of that. I'm just saying sometimes these chapters happen and then you live them and then there's the pattern that you can see in retrospect thanks for saying that thanks for saying and kelly were you going to say something oh i
2: i think miriam you you nailed it in your description i it resonates everything you just said just resonates so much with me on so many different levels i absolutely believe Number one, that my house was letting me know that it was time for me to go my house was my creative canvas, Um, it was the place that nurtured my son and myself, it kept us safe and I you know lived there for almost 30 years and. It was letting me know that it was okay and it was time to go and that was part of the nudge and that was part of that instinctual the instinctual messages that I was getting. And I honestly believe the fact that I um, that my meditation practice was very on point. At that point, I had been really deep in meditation for several years. And it was just sort of all kind of came together at a really great time. And my, my, you know, awareness, if you will, was really in tune, I was, I was picking up a lot of subtle messages and vibration that i was paying attention to and wasn't ignoring because it was the right i was in the right space and time um, to allow myself to welcome those messages
0: and i think that this whole discussion of readiness is so important because so many people are unsure there were so many people are get sure that they're ready it's like something happens it's pivotal it's pervasive and it's a signal like you're saying you know the house let me know or you know you're saying miriam this is growing feeling um but so many people don't recognize that and i think your stories have been so helpful and so relatable and thank you for your candor um, and your insights you know, because I think that everybody is going to really enjoy listening to this, you know, to this session. What do you think, Bibi?
1: Yes, I think these ladies are amazing. Um, Just hearing them speak on this topic of relocation and adjustment is enlivening and
0: inspiring and we are excited to continue this conversation we've been talking about it for a long time relocation being such an emblematic issue but it's almost like this is the conversation on change even in a bigger way and all transitions and eventually those that become transformation we're fascinated and
1: You just need to stay tuned as we roll out a series of engaging conversations that enlighten from the inside out. And that's exactly what we've been doing here with these two ladies,
0: rolling it out inside out. Absolutely. And remember to respect your inner wisdom and allow it to guide your well-being.
1: And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and of course on our website, BoomTalkMedia.com. Share your story with us by emailing info at boomtalkmedia.com. And you've heard from us. Now, we'd love to hear from you. We're immensely grateful to AARP Arizona for their support. Have a listen to the 30-second message from AARP about protecting yourself online in relation to dating scams. This problem is particularly daunting in these times of isolation and loneliness. Be careful out there.
0: I matched with this cutie on a dating site. We texted all the time, but never met up. Then he asked to send him gift cards for a plane ticket to see me. And that's when I remembered a tip I got from the AARP Fraud Watch Network. Gift cards, this is a romance scam. Spent that money on self care instead.
2: Recognize fraud sooner so your money lives longer. The younger you are,
0: the more you need AARP.